the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. As always, I'm so thankful for you to tune in to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Today's episode is an episode that centers around one of the spiritual practices as believers that we likely all have interaction with, and it's the idea of the Sabbath. So today I'm titling the show Sabbath Rhythms. So when I first thought about this topic, my mind immediately went back to my childhood. And as a child, I grew up in what I consider a a relatively small church. We were pretty much, most of the time, always under 200 people or so in the church. You know, a youth group with 30, 40, maybe 50 people, but oftentimes as low as that 30 number. So a smaller church. And in the tradition that I grew up in, we went to church uh, every single Sunday morning at 10 a.m., it's what we did. And then the the church that I grew up in, we would all go home and take a break and come back on Sunday night and have a church service at 6 p.m. It was a completely different service than the 10 a.m. service, and it was just an old-school-style Sunday night church service. And so our practice every Sunday— was to go to church in the morning and go to church in the night. We were one of those families that were were at the church almost every time the door was open. But, you know, our tradition, I don't know what tradition you're from, uh, whether you like this or not, I'll let you know a little bit about me. Originally, uh, the church that we attended when I was a child was, uh, whether they even knew it or not, a byproduct of the the holiness movement in the, in the 70s, uh, 60s and 70s. And Part of the holiness movement was a high regard or respect for a Sabbath principle. So I grew up thinking uh, like, hey, our family, we just we didn't do work, if you will, on on a Sunday, which was our Sabbath recognition. So we didn't mow the yard. We didn't go grocery shopping. We didn't do work. In fact, one of my favorite things, whether you like what I just said or not, I hope you'll love my favorite thing, is every Sunday afternoon growing up, we took a nap. So when I was a little kid, it was almost forced. But as I grew older, I I loved the fact that I could take a nap in the middle of the day. And so I found myself, and I, I still do this, I'll go on a Sunday afternoon and I'll lay on my couch today during football season and sort of watch some football and fall asleep and just sort of enjoy uh, things. 
Well, when I entered grad school, I I, I, sh- I figured one of the things I should have a handle on. Uh, here I am studying a graduate degree in ministry, and and I, I figured I should have a uh, an understanding of who the Lord is. I should have a uh, some some spiritual maturity that that encompassed my life. I I should have a grasp on the Ten Commandments and. And what I learned is one of the things I struggled with was this idea of practicing Sabbath rhythm. So I'm a musician, and here's one of the things I know about the word rhythm. So rhythm, by definition, is a repeated sequence of sound. So here I walk into grad school, and I'm earning my master's in leadership and ministry at the time, my first class, and I'm faced with this concept of Sabbath rhythm. And what I felt God say to me is I did not have a repeated sequence of rhythm of Sabbath in my life. Whether that meant every day, every week, every year, whatever that meant, I was missing Sabbath rhythms. In fact, I would actually treat Sabbath like I would work, 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 and then realize I needed a break and I would spend some spiritual time and I would treat that almost like a Sabbath medication. I would take it out of the spiritual medicine cabinet and pop a Sabbath pill and get refreshed and then work, 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 work. Well, I realized that the idea uh, that that Sabbath is like a 24-hour a block of time where we stop working and enjoy God. And Peter Scazzaro talks a little bit about this in some of his books. And we're reminded the history of Sabbath. Traditionally, Jewish, Jewish Sabbath begins on sundown on Friday and and ends on sundown on Saturday. And most Christians today, I would say, observe Sabbath, if you will, on Sunday as an act of honoring the resurrection of Jesus. So this episode is not necessarily defending a Saturday Sabbath practice or a Sunday Sabbath practice or any particular day like that, but it's this episode about Sabbath rhythm is about addressing the practice and the principles of Sabbath and thinking about a 24-hour period of time where we can have a rhythm of Sabbath in our life. Secularism would look like this. Work, 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 work. Take a vacation. Work, 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 work. Take a vacation. But I know people, non-Christians alike, who work hard but also play and rest hard. See, rest is great, uh, promoting a work and home balance. It's really a hot topic right now in the workplace. And, and it's a, a balancing about doing what we have to do and doing what we want to do. But when I look at the difference between the secular rhythm, work, 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 vacation, etc., I look at a, at, a, at a sacred rhythm. A sacred rhythm is more like this. Sabbath, work. Sabbath, work, Sabbath, work, Sabbath, work. See, that description, although it sounds simple, it prioritizes the idea of Sabbath, rest, over the idea and concept of work. So the description, Sabbath, work, Sabbath, work, elevates the importance of Sabbath. Sabbath and work are not designed to be equal in time. They're measured by health. As an example, to be healthy as a person, you have to have exercise habits and sleep habits. You're going to sleep, likely, longer than you exercise. But they both need just to simply be healthy components. The same is true in your life when you think about rest, Sabbath, and work. So I mentioned Peter Scazzaro. 
Here's what he says, that God's Sabbath rhythm is a reflection of the rhythm that undergirds all creation. Schizero says that in the cycle of a day, there's light and dark, sunrise and sunset, tides coming in and going out. Over the course of months, there are cycles of the moon, seasons, and their intendant cycles of growth and dormancy, as well as great movements of galaxies. See, Sabbath reflects God's creative rhythms. Sabbath, like a mirror, is a reflection of God's design. Our practice of the Sabbath reflects God. See, God created everything that exists from nothing. And in all of that work, God rested. God's creative nature includes rest, a rhythm of rest. So author Wayne Muller says, The Sabbath is not a burdensome requirement. Rather, uh, a remembrance of a law that is firmly embedded in the fabric of nature reminds us, says Muller, of how things really are, the rhythmic dance to which we are unavoidably, of which we unavoidably belong. See, there's a neuroscience component of all of this. The focus on work with no Sabbath builds this brain connection. So James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, talks about it, that we all have triggers in our life. So something happens, maybe an argument. Then, then out of that trigger, there's a desire. We want something. Well, I had an argument. I want peace. So we have a response. This is our behavior. And, and sometimes what we want to get it, we go eat a bunch of things and we scroll on our phone. And then the reward that we get is a release from this tension. But the thought that scrolling and eating might produce an undesirable result, maybe things like stress or lack of health. So I want us to encourage, I want to encourage you to look at it backwards. What reward are we looking for? We're really looking for no tension, no stress. The behavior, maybe, maybe what is it that produces a lack of stress might be reading, walking, listening to music. You're going to discover that on your own. So what trigger can you produce in your life that leads you to this desired outcome. Maybe it's walking to the counter and putting your phone down, and that's the trigger to do your walk or listen to music. So what triggers produce something that we don't want, the things that produce arguments? So we need to know our triggers, and we need to do something about them. So I want us to make plans in advance when things come against us and come our way. When an argument happens, maybe you do that. You grab your phone, you go to the counter, and it puts you on a new trajectory. So causing a need to continue to work because uh, that is where we learn to see self-worth. This is what happens. We work, 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 work because that's where we find value. But the neuroscience says maybe we should look and find value in rest. And that is what we're going to break down and talk about in the second half of the show. We need a new brain connection for God to create this within us. Sabbath is a spiritual emphasis. We focus on the spiritual and we work. Sabbath maintains a spiritual focus. See, church attendance can become undesirable obligations that's wrapped in legalism and archaic practices, or Sabbath can frame our lives within God's perspective where we receive rest and we give worship and we gather with other believers to strengthen one another. Successful and even beneficial Sabbath practice may not come easy or happen overnight, but it's possible. 
God can do amazing things. So we're going to break this down in the second half of the show as we talk about Sabbath rhythms. I'm going to talk through the components of Sabbath. I'm going to talk through how we can practice the Sabbath, how we can apply these principles in our life today. So hold tight and listen into the second half of the show. You're listening today to Your Discipleship Coach on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listening to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm Michael Smith, here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Hey, this half of the show, we're continuing the conversation on Sabbath rhythms, and we just introduced the idea of a sort of neuroscience that threw it out there. But here's what happens see, God created everything from nothing, this is his creative nature. Well, when we become followers of Jesus, the Bible describes us as new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. Yet, new habits and practices have to be developed. It's what we consider already, but not yet. We are already saved from our sin and forgiven, but we are not yet mature in the Lord. Now, spiritual growth involves the these God's created, you know, everything from nothing. We're new creations, but God creates these new connections in our brain where we learn to set our minds on Christ instead of the things of this world. And we realize that we truly reap what we sow. And it's so easy to allow work, as we're talking about the Sabbath today, to trespass on every area of our life. See, a commitment to work can disrupt the balanced rhythm of God's design between work and rest. So Sabbath is more than a day off. I want to share with you four components of the Sabbath that we can consider today. One is stop work. Two is enjoy rest. Three is practice delight. And four is contemplate God. So the first thing is to stop. Opening the show, I talked a little bit about this, that my parents— treated Sunday as a day where we don't grocery shop, mow the yard. Uh, We often went out to lunch. My dad, however, worked shift work, which included some Sundays. But every day that he was not uh, clocked in at work, we, we slowed down and we stopped. We even took some old school Sunday drives and had a little extra ice cream on Sunday, which is what we did. But stopping work For those of us today, as we think about it, it includes stopping the work of what we're paid to do, but also the things that we're not paid to do, the things that are work. See, there's a component of Sabbath that includes stopping, but it also includes rest. Rest. Genesis chapter 2 opens like this. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So there's a stopping, but there's a stopping to not just eliminate business, but to rest in the Lord. But even more than that, it's about delight. 
So Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 says this, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. See, this celebration was not an afterthought, saying it was good, but it was a joyful recognition and celebration of what was accomplished. So I think about delight. It's delighting in the Lord, and it's also delighting in the what God has made us to be. See, Sabbath needs to include both recognition of God, recognition, and celebration. So I talked about celebrating God, but I want to just spend just a, a, mo- a moment talking about delighting in yourself as part of Sabbath. See, as part of honoring God, it's delighting in what gives you energy, expressing yourself in your worship to God. Now, I'm not talking about seeking selfish pleasures, but I'm talking about delighting in the life that God has given you. And and that kind of expression reduces stress, but it also frames life within a perspective that God has designed you. So these components include stopping, resting, delighting, but finally, contemplation, contemplation. So what is it that makes the Sabbath holy unto the Lord? It's the pause of life, to set your mind on the Lord. The, the creation declares the glory of the Lord. This is where we give thanksgiving. I can remember an old hymn of the church. When I grew up, count your blessings, name them one by one. See, this contemplation of God is true worship to God. You know, there are several things in that, that keep us from practicing the Sabbath. One of the obstacles is that we all experience, maybe not all of us, but many experience varying degrees of workaholism. We're driven to always be working, some more than others. Now, new generations have been categorized as lazy, if you will. But the truth is, they are working. They're just working at a different uh, uh, construct than we work, but giving your energy and just always being in and working, working, working keeps us from being people who can rest and delight in the presence of God. But one other obstacle is that oftentimes we associate Sabbath with legalism and a dead past. We think that Sabbath is all about this restriction to do this and not to do that. And we overlook the idea that Sabbath is a dedicated time to be in communion with the one true God, to give worship to God, to stop, and to rest in Him, to delight in the Lord, and to just think about the goodness of God. See, observing Sabbath is done in in many different ways. So one of the things I, I would consider that you do to identify Sabbath or to, to observe the Sabbath is to identify a 24-hour time block that you call Sabbath every week. Now, for some of you, it's non-negotiable when that is. I'll leave that up to you. But I want you to identify clearly the 24 hours that you call Sabbath. And then one of the thoughts I maybe can encourage you with is to identify one or two or maybe even three things in your life that give you energy and bring you delight. Things that are not your work. And I encourage you as part of your Sabbath observation is to practice those things that give you delight and treat it as worship to God. So you can 
And one other thought, just want to throw this in there for sort of like the icing on the cake is either schedule or just do this is during your 24 hour Sabbath, find a time to take a nap and just add a rest to the, your, your practice and observance of Sabbath. See, I like to say it like this. This is, is not original to me. It's Peter Scazzaro, my words of his thought. The Sabbath is less about resting from work and more about working from a state of restfulness. It's not just resting from work. It's working from rest. So I wanted to think today as I think about ending the show is what are some ways that we can practice the Sabbath? For some of us, we're, we're mindful of practicing the Sabbath weekly. I've already talked about identifying a 24-hour period where you can stop and rest and delight and contemplate. Maybe that's Sunday for you. I don't know what that is or looks like, but to find that weekly observance and rhythm. We're talking about Sabbath rhythms. But for some of us, we need to have a Sabbath rhythm every single day, not just weekly, but daily. One thought is to start and end each day with just some breathing and praying, just to take some deep breaths and to to be in the presence of the Lord and maybe just 60 or 120 seconds of just giving praise to the Lord. Other things you can do every day is to read your Bible or to pray. You could set aside time or find time to do that. But also, just in the daily rhythms, is to find these little segments, almost like little coffee breaks with God. <laughs> Other things you can do is, is have a monthly rhythm. Could you imagine spending two or four hours once a month, a half a day, where you're just reflecting and planning according to the relationship you have with God? Maybe you do some evaluating and assessing and you grow and, and you begin to, to spend this kind of time with the Lord. You know, do that every month. Maybe every quarter you spend an entire day, six hours, eight hours. Maybe every year you might do an overnight or two or three days where you just seek God. If Maybe it's longer. Maybe you tie in reflecting on the year and planning for the next year. But the idea is don't lose sight of contemplating on God. Hey, I'm real interested in you, and you might be interested in growing in Christ. You might want support doing that. You might even want some discipleship coaching. I encourage you to visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Complete the free coaching readiness questionnaire and let us reply to you and be a part of your life. All you need to do is just visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. I also encourage you to follow the show and podcast, share it with your friends. By the way, I want to say thank you to our sponsors. The sponsors that sponsor our show, we're so grateful for you. As you listen to Your Discipleship Coach, it's made possible from Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com. Also from Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University where you can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Professional Coach University invites you to consider jumping in with some of their coach training. Visit professionalcoachuniversity.com and register for your training today. Hey, it's always a pleasure to be with you. I want to remind you that I am for you. Not only that, more importantly, God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. 
Thanks for listening today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.